We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Johnny. Uh, wow. Welcome to the Butting Heads podcast, part of Ramstock Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Ribeiro here as always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, want to know, man, who would who would have thought, you know, certainly not us. Nope, definitely not us. And uh, I have to say, um, I haven't been this drunk since we had a Super Bowl victory. So Shows you how good of a time I had uh, when when the Rams won the uh, the Seahawks. It feels great, man. It, it, it really one of the most satisfying wins in the regular season in the McVay era. I think of the time we wrecked the Seahawks in McVay's first year on the road. I think of the Chiefs game. I think of the the Raiders game last year. This is up there. This was just. You know, like, I, I, I'm not going to even sit here and say, like, I wasn't, like, if going into the game, if we won, I wouldn't have been surprised. I am surprised. I'm pretty fucking surprised they won. Um, I think we, like, I mean, listening to our guy Derek talk about this team last week, man, Jesus. Uh, I think, I guess we were a little more positive than some people. You know, we didn't really think we would be able to be in Caleb Williams' contention, and I think that's pretty much confirmed now uh but even the most optimistic people did not see this game coming Ooh, i don't know about that steve there there are quite a few optimistic ram fans on twitter uh <laughs> and, and you know what kudos to them because they got they got a rare victory there man uh you know i i'd like to think of you know the rams talk crew as more uh realistic on most occasions, but uh, just kind of goes to show you that realism isn't always the main um, 
objective here. It's not the, always the correct way of thinking. And, uh, you know, it's, it's still only week one, but it's such a huge victory that you can't help but be just a little bit proud, even if the rest of the season just turns out like how we're expecting it to. And it's a weird game to, like, really analyze what it means long-term. I think, I mean, let me know if you disagree. I think the only real concrete this season takeaway you can make from this game is that there's no way this team gets the number one pick. They're, they are not bad enough to get the number one pick. I, I think barring, you know, a total injury blowout like they did last year, there's no reason to think that they will end up with a, a number one pick. I think uh, even a top five pick might be a bit of a stretch with, with this type of uh, team moving forward. But we also have to keep into account that, you know, the Rams do tend to have uh, favorability against the Seahawks for some reason, even though last year didn't go their way. Uh, and just the NFC West in general, the Rams tend to play teams very well, except the 49ers. So, yeah, that's uh, that's something to keep in mind as we uh, go through this podcast. Oh, yeah. The, the second half of this game was peak, just bizarre NFC West football where you throw logic out the window where it's yep. just the, the Seahawks have one drive in the second half that goes for more than three plays. The Rams outscore them 23 to nothing in the second half. They punt once the whole game. Um, I mean, like, it was just truly one of the most embarrassing offensive performances I've ever seen from Seattle in the second half. And I think truly, like, the whole game means a lot. I think what we saw in the first half is probably more indicative of what this team actually is. But you can't, you also can't discount the second half. Like, that happened. They, you know, is the Rams defense going to be the best defense in the NFL every half going forward? I I hope so, but I really fucking doubt it. Um, but like they did that. It happened. They just completely decimated the Seahawks and uh sucked all the life out of anything they were doing in that second half. It was it was insane. It was one of the funniest things I've ever watched. Like it was just hysterical how just absolutely dominant this team was and they were losing at halftime like they were they were losing at halftime yeah it was just it was just such a bizarre game bizarre second half but i i think it kind of goes to show you that how good of a coaching staff that the rams have and uh i, I think this kind of really proved it because i mean you you got to figure only a sean mcveigh team can come into the season look like absolute garbage in the preseason and then you know just basically fill your roster with rookies and undrafted free agents and somehow pull out a victory over a team that appears at least on paper to have improved a lot in the offseason and guys like in that preseason like guys that played in that preseason were contributing to this game like Steve Avila and Lar Jackson played a lot in the preseason. Puka played in the preseason. I mean, Russ Yeast played in the preseason, right? Um, all of our edge rushers played in the preseason. Byron Young, Kobe Turner, who were standouts in this game. Um, 
it's yeah, it was one of the best games I think McVay's ever coached. I no he, question, and I, I can't wait to see what he what he does uh, for the rest of the season. But uh, I think we do have to come down to earth a little bit because uh, we might be counting our chickens a little bit. Yeah, and, well, and even like if the game if the second half went the same way the first half went, and we come on and we lost by like eight or nine points, and the offense looked good. Because the offense looked good in the first half, like no question. They, I mean, they were unbelievable in the second, but like they, that was a really promising performance in the first half. The defense in the first half, and we'll get to that in depth a little more later. Like, kind of looked as expected as advertised, but the first half of this game, which I think is going to be more of like realistically what the team will look like, still a lot better than I anticipated them to look in week one. Oh wait, <laughs> that's that's an understatement for sure. Uh, I just I there was so we expected so little out of this team. It it was kind of comical, and then just to see what exactly the results we got. Uh, I, I have to ask Steve, uh, how would you like your crow cooked? <laughs> well, man, it's it, we we owe first and foremost. I think we owe our man. Our favorite player, Tutu Atwell, a, a monumental apology. You know, there were flashes from Tutu last year. Um, and in this game, Tutu Atwell, infamously the 57th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, we've always said it was a very solid pick and that we had to just be patient with this guy. You know, we never gave up on him. Uh <laughs> Six catches for 119 yards on eight targets. Um, his longest catch was for 44 yards, so it wasn't like he had a 90-yard catch and then just caught some other pa- passes. He was doing the whole passing tree. He was catching short passes, medium passes, long passes. Uh, he had an 80.6 pro football focus grade. Uh, in, in the entirety of last season, he had 298 yards. In his highest game was five catches for 50 yards on nine targets. So easily the best performance of his career by far. We kind of laughed at Sean McVay for not playing him in the preseason because we were like, what are they talking about? All this coach speak about how they made strides. (laughs) We laughed at that. Here we are, man. Uh, he looked like a genuine NFL wide receiver better than our other second round 57th overall pick wide receiver that played more than he did in this game. And I am having a buffet of crowd this week, man. I put out a tweet before the game. I said that with Cooper cup out, I expect a Big old nothing burger from Tutu Atwell. I doubled down on it at halftime. I was like, this guy sucks. What are we doing? Here he comes in the second half, man. I I am happy. I am elated to be sitting here and talking about how good Tutu Atwell played. I never thought this moment would come. It's here. And we've always said we want this to happen. We're never rooting against this team. But uh, this was crazy, and I would shout. I'm still shocked at how well he played and how much of its significant impact and contribution to this win in week one of 2023 that 2-2 Atwell gave us. Ah, man. I, I I have to say, I 
was very skeptical of pretty much all of the receiving core, with the exception of Tutu. I mean, with the exception of Puka, rather. Um, I had my skepticism of Tutu Atwell. And my skepticism of Van Jefferson, which was warranted. Okay, like, we also, you can't sit here and act like you expected Puka to come out on the field and do that either. No, no. I think we had some mild skepticism about Puka. Not like skepticism, but expected him to be a rookie fifth-round pick, but in a good way. I I had a feeling that they were going to dish the ball out to him frequently, especially since uh, Cooper Cup wasn't... um, you know, active. So they had to dish the ball somewhere. And I had very little faith in Van Jefferson. I had very little faith in Tutu Atwell. So I was thinking the only rational player to really think that's going to have any sort of success in the receiving core was going to be Puka. Now, do did I think he was going to get over a hundred yards? No. Uh, was I thinking around like 50 to 70 yards? Maybe, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I, it's just kind of shocking to me seeing, you know, Tutu Atwell excel as well as he did, and absolutely zero surprising that uh, Van Jefferson's kind of getting lost in the fold. I'm pretty surprised by it, to be honest. I I'm never obviously I've never thought the guy was that great, but I kind of expected that him and Higby would lead the way here. You know, Higby's he's not that type of volume guy, but um like I don't know, man. I Van was just like bad. He was besides Cam Akers, I would say the most disappointing guy in this entire game. He dropped a huge pass that credit to the Rams, I think they still scored on that drive, which is insane. Um, because that's usually and in previous iterations of this team, they would just take a knee the next two plays and then punt. But like, God damn, man, I don't even know. I don't really even want to see Van on the field when cup comes back that much. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying like two, two provided much more. And I know he can't, there was even some highlights of him blocking. Like it's, it's insane. I, I, yeah, I, I did not expect to come in this pod and be like, Van Jefferson is the weak link of these three players. And oh, like definitely is by a substantial margin, like Puka, we didn't, I mean, just like, I'm sure it's, it's Thursday. I'm sure you've had heard everything that's out there about Puka 10 catches for 119 yards on 15 targets. Uh, though, I mean, those are Cooper cup numbers. It was one of the best debuts by receiver ever. Uh, he's one of two fifth or round picks or later. I think they said on the broadcast that go for a hundred yards in their debut. Uh, the other one's Alan Hearns. Uh, but I mean, like, those are real targets. Uh, he was making real catches, and he dropped a bunch of passes. Like, he made rookie mistakes and still was, you know, the best skill player on the field when in week one as a fifth-round pick. Like, I think there's been a lot of, like, fantasy football-wise discussion because he was the, the top waiver pickup this week, like, well, is he even going to have a role when Cooper Cup comes back? Yes. How can he not? I mean, we'll see how the next couple of weeks go, but this was a real game, and he's a real le- – he seems like a real legitimate player. And I think they kind of drafted him to be that Robert Woods replacement, and I think he's just going to 
you know, we'll see how he can adjust blocking. But, I, I mean, he played fucking phenomenal, obviously. And, like, he's going to be on the field when Cup comes back. And I wonder, like, we'll see how the next couple weeks go for 2-2. But, like, I don't know. Like, I think Van should be the odd man out out of this bunch. Like, basically, I mean, we'll see. It's one game. But, like, shit, man. It's been four years with that guy. You know, the, the interesting thing, uh, well, not really interesting as it is sad, I originally drafted Puka Nakua as, I think, my last pick in, in one of my uh, uh, fantasy drafts. And I was like, you know, even with Cooper Cup out, I, I imagine he's going to get me, like, maybe a maximum of seven to eight points. I, I'm just going to cut him. And I regret that wholeheartedly. I picked up Van in a bunch of leagues this week because I was like, Cooper Cup's out. He's going to be the guy. Picked the wrong fucking guy, man. Shit. I I was so devastated. And what the kicker to that is I did the exact same thing when the Rams drafted Cooper Cup. And I regretted it then, too. Yeah. Man, I mean, like, I don't think we have to talk a ton about Puka today because we're going to be talking about him for the next four weeks after this, um, regardless of if it's good or bad next week. But yeah, man, they like I, I, I'm with you in a sense. Like I, I figured he'd be involved in like 50 yards is a realistic thing I would have expected. He was the alpha. Like I, they were just going to him nonstop, and we saw him play in the preseason, and it's like he looked good. You know, <laughs> like he didn't look like this. Yeah, no question, man. No question. And I have to say, though, um, I think this is not just the Puka effect. It, it certainly is a big part of it. I think it's just the offense of a, as a whole starting to come together. You know, it's not yeah. perfect, obviously, but there's so much to appreciate what we saw last week. And, uh, you know, there's still a ways to go. But overall, you can't help but being a little bit satisfied with the way the direction the offense is heading. Oh, I think a lot satisfied. More than anything, I think in you know, before the season, we were, I think, both aligned. Um, I don't know if you were as optimistic as me, where I was like, if this line holds up and Stafford is Stafford, this should, this could be a good offense. And the line held up. They played outstanding. Next week will be a, a huge test, but it's not like we went into this game thinking Seattle's defense sucked. Um, this is, a, in by all accounts, should have been a pretty good defense that we just eviscerated in the passing game. And Stafford looked like Stafford. He did not look like Stafford last season. He sure as fuck looked like him in week one. Uh, this is the guy we that won us the Super Bowl. He looked motivated. He was slinging it. He was accurate. He had some strength in his arm. He had protection. Uh, next week will be a massive test to, to see just how legit this offense is, but I think this will be a good offense. I don't think this is going to be a bad offense. Um, and defensively, we'll see. But offensively, I think this is going to be a good unit. And we were missing our best player, and this is what they did. That is the biggest X factor in all of this is obviously the Rams are a much better team with Cooper Cup. So if this offense is thriving without him, 
I can only imagine how well they're going to do with him. So, um, you know, it, it's food for thought. Maybe you shouldn't be counting uh, playoffs at all, but um, at least you can say that this is not as bad of a team as I think a good chunk of us were thinking. No, and, uh, I mean, we could touch on the defense, too, and get back to the offense. I mean, like... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Because I think you have to tie them together. Like the defense in the first half. I would say kind of looked like what we expected um, better. I'd say better than we expected, but like still like in the, in the first half, the Seahawks, their first drive, they went 12 plays, 57 yards, kicked a field goal. Second drive, 12 plays, 75 yards, scored a touchdown. Third drive, um, start at the 50. So take it with a grain of salt. Six plays, 28 yards, field goal. Um, second dri- last drive in the two minute drill. Um, started the 42 after the blocked field goal, got down 20 yards pretty quick, and then missed a field goal. Um, so in the first half, we were having trouble with the Seahawks, and we expected them to. I think still the results of those drives, four drives where they put up that many yards, 13 points, that bend-don't-break mentality that they've had for years under McVay and under Raheem Morris, you felt that. But still, like, a defense that seems like they're going to have their... They could have their hands full at times. And then, you know, like, there was... um, I think it was Darian... Was it Darian Kendrick who gave up the touchdown to DK Metcalf where he kind of just got, like, abused in single coverage? Um, And it blows my mind that after, like, the couple plays that DK Metcalf had in the first half, he just... Everybody just disappeared in the second. But I think that's probably a more realistic look at what the defense is going to be. They were struggling to get pressure in the first half. Seahawks had offensive linemen get hurt. Second half, we just fucking bulldozed them in every aspect. And that happened again. Like, you can't, we can't sit here and, like, discredit that. But I still have a lot. I mean, it's really nice that... um the safeties played great. The cornerbacks played well. Um, in the second half, the, the pass rush appeared to exist, even if it was against backups. Uh, they were playing against backups in the preseason and did not exist. 
and seeing guys like Byron Young and Kobe Turner have to have nice second halves is really encouraging, but there's still a lot of issues. Like Christian Roseboom was on the field for 67% of the snaps. I think that if you want to be a competitive defense, that's not the recipe, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I I think still like it, it was – you know, it's even if you're not thinking about the second half, I think the first half was still a little better than I expected. And the second half was obviously unbelievable. And I think, like, there's a chance, there's a, a good chance it's not the worst defense in the league. Will it be an average defense? I'm not, op- I'm not ready to be optimistic about that yet. But this was definitely stepping us forward in the right direction. Whereas I think after one week, I'm convinced that this should be a good offense. This is definitely a good offense. The defense is a big question mark. And I think based off of this week and mind you, uh, obviously this can change after a few weeks, but based off of this past week alone, you can definitely at least determine that the Rams don't have the worst defense in the NFL. And that's not a huge moral victory, but I guess it's something. It's a victory, man. I mean, this like that second half, the fact that that happened, I would have not expected that to happen a single time all year, even against like the Colts or the Steelers. Like I would never have expected it that level of just a complete annihilation of your opponent. I mean, you're absolutely correct. It's uh, it's absolutely stunning to see uh, the Rams defense bully anybody, much less the Seahawks offense. Uh, you know, I, I understand that there was a few issues with the Seahawks offense. I know Tyler Lockett uh, had a few injury issues for a bit. Um, I know JSN is still kind of recovering a little bit, but even still, like, you have to understand that this Seahawks offense is relatively stacked. So to limit them to as little as they did in the second half, that's a victory, and it's a huge victory. Now, can I envision them doing that on a consistent basis? Not at this moment. You know, let's put it this way. If they do this against the 49ers, yes, then I'm a believer. And uh, you can sign me up uh, to the hype squad. I will definitely be saying that this is one of the best teams in the NFL. But if I'm being real, I do not believe that for one second, uh, which we'll get into a little bit later. And I am honestly, like, kind of happy we have such a front-loaded schedule. Um because we'll get a glimpse of this team over the next two weeks against the 49ers and the Bengals. Uh, I think when we did the preview pod and we play the 49ers, Bengals, Colts, Eagles in the next four, I think we were like, if this team comes out of this two and three, like we will be elated, like unbelievably happy. And we got one of the wins we really needed to get to potentially do that. Um, you know, I'm not counting on wins against the 49ers, Bengals, or Eagles, but like if we even look competitive in these games, which I think I think this team is is fired up to play, like they and another thing we said was like 
this team needs to be having fun. And, like, man, they had a lot of fucking fun out there. This is the most fun I've seen a Rams team look like they're having since the Super Bowl easily. Uh, so I think, like, it, this went as good as it possibly could have. And we'll see over the next two weeks what this team is truly made of. And I think to be op- – like, to think this team can push for the playoffs, if they lose the next two weeks, that's not what I'm looking for uh, because we're playing against two Super Bowl contenders in the 49ers and the Bengals. Can they compete? Can they hang with these guys? Are they showing resolve? Are they fighting every play? That's what I want to see, and I, I, I'm glad that we're going to get a glimpse against – and look, like – we thought the Seahawks were a good team too. Um, so I think this week against the 49ers, it's a true, like, genuine, like, let's see what we got. And, and I'm excited about it. Yeah. I, I mean, the way I'm kind of viewing this upcoming game against the 49ers is if they can stay competitive, because I, I, I'll be honest, I, I don't envision a victory. Of course, I didn't envision a victory over the Seahawks either. So there's that. Uh, but if they can at least stay relatively competitive, I think that this is a very special team. But, you know, if they get dominated, I I guess my my opinions don't change a whole lot because I'm kind of expecting that. Yeah, it's yeah, like if we can't like it's gonna suck if we come on here after a blowout next week, but like really wouldn't be the end of the world. The the 49ers just eviscerated the Steelers even worse than we eviscerated the Seahawks. Um, and we'll preview that in a bit, but yeah, I mean, this is a great start. Let's, let's hit on snap counts real quick. Uh, just kind of rapid fire through these. Kieran Williams out snapped cam Akers 53 to 53 snaps to 28 snaps in this game. We also kind of laughed at Sean McVay for not playing Kieran Williams in the preseason. He goes, he rushes 15 times for 52 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, looked really solid. Cam Akers, on the other hand, had 22 carries for 29 yards. And he had a 12-yard rush in there. So if you take that run away, he had 21 carries for 17 yards. Just like... I don't know how you justify continuing to give him the ball. It's almost as though Sean McVay knows what he's doing more than us, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But also, yeah, he I've... gave Cam Akers the ball 22 times. Uh, yeah, that's kind of fair. <laughs> he played 28 snaps. Out of the 28 snaps he was on the field, they handed him the ball 22 times. So... I think that's also a thing where that doesn't set him up for success because if Kieran Williams is on the field 53 snaps and he only rushes it 15 times, when Akers is out there, you're not keeping the defense honest. And for a game where McVay put on a master class, I would say that's probably really the only negative you can point to. Well, to be fair, too, I do think that Sean McVay is going to adjust accordingly. Uh, Sean McVay has always been kind of the guy that isn't afraid to give the running back the the uh, with the hot hand, you know, more carries. 
And the fact that Kieran Williams was getting as many as he did, the 15 carries, that's not nothing, you know? That's not typical. First of all, it's not typical for him to run the ball as much as he did in, um, you know, last week's game. But to kind of give a backup running back as many carries as he did is, isn't something we haven't seen in quite some time. And I, I think the last time was what, when Anderson was on the team? Well, I, who, who are we referring to as a backup running back here? Uh, well, I suppose at the moment it would be Kieran Williams. Yeah, but like he, he, he was a backup in name only. He played more of the snaps. And, and to be fair with like the numbers here, the the Rams ran 78 plays compared to 46 for the Seahawks. Like, that's not a real thing that's ever going to happen again. <laughs> so they just they it, it Stafford through 38 passes. Like, it's not like they were just running the ball every play. They just had the ball for so fucking long that they just uh, did all this stuff. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was insane, man. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, though, I, I, I was it was a different look offense than what we're used to. Of course, like you said, we don't usually have the ball for this long. So that could be the, re- the reason why it looks more balanced than it has in quite some time. But overall, again, I, I got to give props to Sean McVay to – at least, you know, kind of see what he has with Kieran Williams. And uh, I I do expect him to get more carries as the season progresses if, uh, you know, Cam Akers is kind of performing like he is. Yeah, I, I think Kieran Williams will be the, the lead back. I don't know how he's not. Um, I, the craziest stat in this game, out of a lot of craziest stats, I guess the most surprising thing Maybe not the most. There's so many surprising things in this game. But three players on the defense played 100% of the snaps. Ernest Jones, no surprise. Jordan Fuller, moderate surprise, I guess, who's out there 100%. And Russ Yeast played 100% of the snaps. A guy who we didn't even think would start in this game. The guy we expected to start, John Johnson, didn't play. Um, And I'm not even saying this is like a negative thing. Russ Yeast played fucking great. Uh, I just that's re- that was shocking to me that like we didn't John Johnson even take the field. I think that it is part of uh, you know kind of getting John Johnson back into the swing of things, but you it's think? also I don't I don't think so at all. I think Russ is their starting safety. I, I think so too for now. I, I do. I, I think that Raheem Morris has definitely found the the niche for for Rush East and Jordan Fuller. Um, but I do think that John Johnson will sneak his way in eventually. It's just when I have no idea. I don't know, man. I I mean they'd have to play pretty bad. I I think he should play a little bit, but like, and yeah, it could I mean, be a situational thing also. Like uh, maybe when you need more of a harder hitting uh, safety, you you go out there and put out John Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true too. Um, but I mean, yeah, he, he's playing a hundred percent of the snaps. Like that, that is surprising. Yeah, he's that means he's their guy. Like even if he's just like a stopgap, 
Uh, Quentin Lake played nine plays, so, you know, they didn't run a lot of three safety sets. We mentioned earlier Christian Roseboom played 67% of the snaps. Um, I think in a game where so many players thrived, Christian Roseboom was probably the only guy who we could come on here and was like, well, that ain't it. Um, But... What are you going to do? I, I was shocked that they played a second linebacker this much because Ernest Jones played 100% of the snaps. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, it's it's weird because typically speaking, you would expect uh, the sort of safety hybrid role which we were expecting Quinton Lake to kind of take over that. Uh, but instead, we saw more, you know, Roseboom, which is not something that we've come to expect. And, and if that's the case, I seriously wonder why the Rams didn't go out and invest in an inside linebacker at really any point. Well, you know, Johnny, in- you know they just signed one of the active roster. And yes. a former Super Bowl champion, mind you. <laughs> I suppose and, that's true. And Troy Reader, for the uninformed, is back on the active roster. Uh, he did not play in this game, but he Rams legend Super Bowl champion Troy Reader is, in fact, on the team again because that kind of flew very far under the radar. I mean... I, you know, I'm happy to have him back. I, yeah, it's I really fine. Am. It's fine. Uh, I wouldn't even be mad if he played. Just like given. I mean, I'm not going to be excited about it, but I don't know. <laughs> it's it's just, uh, I will say it is bizarre to see two inside linebackers out there. One of which you're pretty confident in, and Ernest Jones, and the other, uh, you'd prefer to see him as more of a reserve role, maybe uh you know kind of a substitution role but yeah it's 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 really bizarre it really is i i i understand that the rams couldn't address every single position this offseason but it is something to be aware of for the future if they decide to go this route again next year yeah like it is pretty surprising they didn't throw a dart in the later rounds at an inside linebacker if they expected cuz they did that at cornerback they did that at safety. They did that at edge rusher. Um, they did that at defensive tackle. They did that on the offensive line. They did it at receiver. They did it pretty much everywhere where there was a, a void to be filled. 
Uh, to be fair, it was not a good year for inside linebackers. No, yeah, and yeah, I, I get it. And because you have Ernest Jones there, it's just it was pretty surprising how much Rose Boone played. I, uh, I think like the only other big snap count notes: Trey Tomlinson didn't really play. Um, played four snaps. Darian Kendrick, Kobe Durant, Akella Witherspoon dominated those snaps. That is a bit surprising because, uh, you know, I I understand that uh, Tomlinson is is gonna be a guy that's gonna have to earn playing time, but Darian Kendrick getting as much playing time as he did is kind of shocking, especially against a team like the Seahawks, because the biggest issue for Kendrick is his speed. And this is a team all about speed, which is why, you know, he got kind of blown up by uh, DK Metcalf on that touchdown grab. But again, to, to, you know, the, all the corners that participated credit, you know, they, they kept them at bay, especially in the second half. So. Mm -hmm. And and Kendrick had a, he had a nice breakup in the end zone too on a, on a different play, not to just act like he made that one mistake against DK. Like he did have a pretty good game. I think they all had a good game. And, you know, it's not a bad thing to have an, uh, uh, you know, an oops against uh, DK Metcalf. It's not like he's a nobody. It's not like, you know, you're getting blown up by like a fourth stringer out there. This guy's one of the better receivers in football. So, you know, it's not the end of the world, but of course we hope that he learns from that and can adjust accordingly. Agreed. Anything on this game we missed? Uh, I don't, we got, we got other stuff to cover, but uh, I don't know if, if there's anything we didn't touch on. No, nah, I think we hit about just everything. It, oh, oh, one more thing. Money, Mar. <laughs> Money, Jesus, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, for those of you that didn't know, um, it's kind of hard not to know after this game. Uh, Yeah, Brett Maher is on the roster now, and uh, looks like he's going to be our kicker for the near future. The blocked field goal was fucking crazy, man. I I mean, at the same time, it was like a 57-yard attempt. I I understand yeah, yeah. that Maher has a has a strong enough leg to kick it, but he is definitely not one of the more accurate kickers in the game. So that was really just you know, well, <laughs> try and make something happen, man. And, and, and he hit a fifty four yarder. So um, he did. He he, he, did. he did his thing. He went three for five. One of those was blocked. Uh, one of them was just a whiff, but. Yeah, I was just like, for all the special teams was when they blocked that kick, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I, you know, it, it didn't, like, when I saw it happen, I was like, I ain't even shocked. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Johnny, we did, you know, we added some excitement to the week one slate with our friends at Prize Picks for Daily Fantasy. I want to know how you gave your prize picks in the pod last week. How'd they go? How did you like the experience on the app? You know something? I uh, <laughs> I was I was thinking like this is gonna be so easy, and and honestly, it is easy in regards to the process. The process is actually so much fun. 
it actually kind of feels like fantasy football in which you can, you know, check up on your progress and on your selections and everything like that. So I, I'm honestly really ecstatic about that. That being said, I made some pretty terrible choices. Um, I, I ended up picking like, um, Alexander Madison going over, I think like 68 yards or something like that against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. That was a complete oversight on my part. I did not check the defense and I was like, (laughs) you know what? I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to roll with it. And, uh, yeah, that didn't, that didn't pan out, but my other picks like Calvin Ridley, um, going over, uh, I think it was like 70 something yards, uh, panned out. And also, um, Cam Akers going under, I think like, uh, I, f- I forget like 40 something point, uh, 40 something yards. Yeah. That, uh, that panned out in my favor also. So, uh, yeah, it, it was pretty awesome. I, I love this a lot. It's so much fun. And uh, I'm excited to tell you my new picks for this week. Yeah, it's just it's a really seamless experience. You just you just sign up and it, it's like daily fantasy. But instead of having to build a lineup with like a cap, you just go in and you pick a couple players and you say if you think they'll have more or less yards or touchdowns than prize picks is giving you. So if you have two players you think are going to rock this week and two players you think are going to suck, you pop them both in, you pick more for the players that are going to rock, you think less for the guys that are going to stink. Uh, give me your picks this week, Johnny, and then I'll give you mine, and we'll quickly we'll quickly go through them. For sure. Um, so I have six picks for this week. I decided to add a little bit more. Uh, going with the flex pay uh, – man, I could never say that together – flex play option which basically you pick uh six picks and i think um if you get six out of six correct you get 25 times the value and win 500 dollars. um that's awesome that's a 20 dollar investment if you get six out of six you get 500 bucks that's awesome uh five out of six it gives you twice the value which is um uh, 40 bucks and four out of six, uh, 0.4 the value, which is uh, eight bucks. So, yeah, <laughs> try <laughs> try and win as much as you can. The, the more you win, the better off you are. So, I'll go ahead and get started. I uh, ended up picking Josh Allen, uh, going over 255.5 passing yards, and I know that's kind of a uh, a bit of a risk considering how awful he played Monday night against uh, the Jets. But he ain't playing the Jets this week. He's playing the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, I, I think that Josh Allen is going to come back on a tear and just tear up that Vegas Raiders uh, defense, uh, that secondary in particular. Yeah, so, I like that pick. I yeah. like that pick. Uh, so next I ended up, uh, I figured I wanted to do at least one pick that involved the Rams 49er game. And I thought kind of a safe one was Christian McCaffrey. Um, I picked, he would go over 67 and a half rushing yards and against the Rams rushing defense, uh, who to be fair, they kept, uh, Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet at bay last week. Uh, 
But, you know, Christian McCaffrey is a whole other monster who just obliterated the Pittsburgh Steelers' uh, defense. So, yeah, I'm going over there, man. Yeah, I I cannot dispute that one. Uh, Although we have the 11th best rushing defense in the league, sir. (laughs) I know. Respect, man. Respect. Uh, Our boy, Odell Beckham. I I had to give our our boy uh, Odell Beckham some love. He uh, he's going up against the Cincinnati Bengals this week, and the line is thirty eight and a half receiving yards. I went more. Um, I know that's kind of iffy, just because the Ravens' offense is never ever predictable. But I don't know. I I just feel like uh, the Bengals' defense just didn't look solid at all last week. Uh, so I'm going to give our boy, uh, Odell some love there. Yeah. It's a, it's a good number cause it's just low enough for you to go more on it. 38 and a half because 40 yards isn't that hard, but nope. we'll see. Zay flowers look pretty damn good and Mark Andrews is coming back. So we'll see. That's true. That is also a good point. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. The just low enough part, um, Next, our our other our other boy, Cameron the Dicker. legend, Rams legend, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Cameron Dicker, the kicker. Uh, yeah, he um, he's actually has a line of either one and a half field goals made. I don't know how you get half, but uh, I'm just gonna say two, basically. Yeah. Uh, so and, you picked more. So you think I'll make two more. field goals. Yeah, so I, you know, going up against the Tennessee Titans defense, I imagine there's going to be a few halts there. Um, this is a high-powered offense, so I, I, you know, they just barely lost against the Dolphins last week, who are looking like a strong team themselves. So, um, and that's without our boy Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, man, they look good. <sighs> yeah, pour one out for Jalen, but. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, over uh, one and a half field goals made. I think that's, uh, I think that should be a gimme, but we'll see. Uh, Gino, Gino Smith. Uh, I felt like I had to go back and and uh, <laughs> give him another chance here. So Gino Smith going up against the Detroit Lions defense. Uh, you know the Lions defense against the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Looked okay, you know, it wasn't perfect, but it uh, was enough to keep them at bay and uh, prevent the Chiefs from winning at home. So that is something to consider. But I don't know. I do think that Geno Smith is going to resurge. I think that the Seahawks offense is going to, you know, um, pick it up a little bit. And, you know, the goal here is one and a half passing touchdowns. I decided to go more. I, I don't think that the that uh, Geno Smith will be held, uh, you know, with just one passing touchdown again uh, this week. I think he's going to come back on a tear. Yeah, I'm out on that pick. I don't think he's going to come back on a tear. We butt heads there, guys. <laughs> I don't think he's recovering. Uh, not yet. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, and last but not least... Our boy Dak, Dak Prescott. The <laughs> I decided to uh, take a look at um, a stat that I didn't do last week, 
which was interceptions. Yes, you can actually bet on that. Um, the line is more or less than uh, a half an interception. I picked more against the New York Jets defense. Yeah, this that's a defense, great play. Yeah, that, that one's a great play. It is. And, and truthfully, the Jets defense looks like among the best in the NFL. Yep. I, I mean, Josh picked Allen, Allen three like times. novice, man. Yeah. So that those are my picks for the week. Steve, you want to go through yours? I'll give you mine. Geno Smith, 247 and a half passing yards. I went less against the Lions, who kept Mahomes at bay last week. I think they have a better defense than we do. I am not optimistic on Geno. I am taking less there. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm taking more receiving yards for Jamar Chase at 78 and a half. That's a high number. But uh, him and Burrow are too good to do what they did this week, two weeks in a row. So I like to go with good players here. We're going to go Jamar Chase with the over. And then I took two from our game, Johnny, Rams 49ers. 50 and a half receiving yards for Debo Samuel. I'm going more on that because that man abuses us all the time. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I hope people don't hate me for that one. Uh, but for an optimistic Rams, Tyler Higby at forty-five and a half receiving yards. I'm gonna go more. You know, Ooh. I don't. It's a tough one, but I don't think that both Tutu and Puka are gonna go for a hundred yards again. Maybe one of them does. I don't think Van Jefferson is gonna do anything, and I think there will be more safety net balls thrown in this game than last week against a outrageously good 49ers pass rush and, and defense. And so maybe like 55, 60 yards for Higby. I like that. That's my four for the week. Those are my prize picks. Yeah, I think those, those are uh, definitely some fair picks. Don't know if I agree with the Geno one. And I think the Jamar Chase one is going to be tough, but definitely. It's a high doable. number, yeah. But, um, you know, Jamar Chase is, is – one of the better wide receivers in the league. So it's not inconceivable at all. So yeah, I kind of hope it doesn't happen just because I'm going up against Joe Burrow this week in fantasy football. (laughs) But uh, you know, if it happens, I hope Steve uh, ends up winning here. They're too good, man. They're too good to do it again. And listen, if you want to get in the action, if you want to play some DFS, we got a great deal for you. You can go to prizepicks.com slash Rams talk all one word, and use the code RAMSTALK, again, all caps, all one word, for a first deposit match of $100. So if you deposit 100 bucks, you're going to have $200 in prize picks money to play with. Again, you just go to pricepicks.com slash RAMSTALK, use the code RAMSTALK, and you'll get a first deposit match up to $100. So let's talk about some of the week two games, and by some, I mean just the Rams and 49ers, the 49ers coming into town, as we mentioned earlier, uh, they just destroyed the Steelers on the road last week, 30 to seven. Uh, they were on the road, right? Or did I make that up? Um, that I'm not sure. I'm going to find out as we're talking, but regardless of where the game was played, uh, they, yeah, they were on the road. Wow. Two road games start the year for the 49ers. Interesting. But, man, I think, like, the Rams surprised a lot of people. I don't think the 49ers surprised anybody. They looked like 
the team they were advertised to be. The defense looked unstoppable. The offense looked great. Brock Purdy, who, you know, we both, I would say, wrongly advocated for Trey Lance to be the starter. But yeah. Yeah, Purdy looked good. Uh, he looks like an NFL starting quarterback, and we'll see how much he can grow, but it did. It will it, we'll give it a couple games, but it seems like he did make a stride forward as a, as a passer. Uh, the skill players were great, as expected. McCaffrey was insane. Uh, kind of a breakout game for Brandon Ayuk, two touchdowns over 100 yards. Uh, and so the 49ers enter this game on the road as an eight-point favorite. I think that line is a little high, but I don't know if I would bet on the Rams to cover. I might. Eight points is a lot, but um, even with the, the dominant performance by the Rams, it's tough to sit here and expect them to be able to win this game. But I think we can be more optimistic about them being competitive in this game. And, you know, if it's not a blowout, if we play tough, I'm, and I'm going to be happy. Listen, one and one. If that's where we end up, that is fine, man. That is a that is a fine start to the year for this Rams team. Uh, how are you feeling after this game? I think the 49ers were predicted to being a Super Bowl contender, and they certainly look that way after a week. Again, they were playing a team that's probably worse than the team we played, maybe, but in a tough environment against a tough coach, that that's a hell of a win by them. Oh, it, it, it's definitely a good win for them uh, playing on the road like that. And, you know, not, not just winning, but dominating in a hostile environment like that. That's no easy thing to do. And, um, you know, I, me personally, I don't think the Rams are going to win this game. But I, I do feel like it'll be a lot more competitive than what I initially thought. I was expecting a huge blowout. And it still could very well be a, a blowout. But I think, again, moral victory here is if they stay competitive, maybe there is a line in the future where maybe the Rams can um, can go into Frisco later on in the season when they start to develop more chemistry and either be more competitive or potentially win. As of week two... I have my doubts, and um, it, it's going to be a huge test. You know, I, I know that the Seahawks were, were kind of a test, but, yeah, I just uh, – I can't bring myself to say that they will win uh, as much as I'd love to, but, yeah, it, I, it, it just isn't there for me. Is there a player or positional group in this game that you are going to be watching closely to kind of see how they perform? I think uh, all eyes have to be on the defense because I think the defense will make or break this game. You know, the the defense in general, you know, can you get to Brock Purdy, Uh, which is not going to be an easy task considering that the 49ers – have one of the better offensive line, if not the best offensive line in football. So to ask a team that basically only has Aaron Donald to create any sort of pressure, uh, you know, that's, that's a tall ask. 
you know, it's, it's going to be an eye-opening experience for a lot of these younger, like, edge rushers. I, I hope so. I, I hope that uh, they can make it happen. But the big key here is can you get to Brock Purdy? And most importantly, can you keep Christian McCaffrey at bay? And I don't think they can. You know, I I think that McCaffrey is his own monster. If he's healthy, this, this guy is I, – I, I don't even think it's controversial to say. I think if he's healthy, he's the best running back in football. Yeah, it, all around, yes. I would say, like, if we're talking downhill runner, it's it's tough to not give it to Derek Henry or maybe even Nick Chubb. But yeah, all all around running back, it's it's easily him. It, it's definitely not controversial. Yeah, so it, it's it's going to be very very difficult for such a young defense. Uh, you know, there's just so many ways that the Forty Nine er offense can actually you know, break this defense and, you know, again, everyone's healthy. You know, you have Brandon Ayuk who finally seems to be emerging. I I feel like he's been on the 49ers forever and he's finally starting to break out. Yeah. He's been good, but this was a big, this was a monster game for him and a a kind of a statement week one. I mean, no different than Tutu Owl, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean at least at least Brandon Ayuk has had like really good games. Uh, Tutu not so much. <laughs> yeah, Ayuk was firmly established as a good player, um, yes. but he is a guy who they expected to be a great player, and this is a good step for him in terms of kind of making that leap. For sure, and uh, I, I think he is going to be someone that continues to progress especially if he has like more of a chemistry with Purdy. Uh, And uh, you can't forget about Debo who just, I I think he lives to torment the Rams, you know? Yeah. I I feel like he hasn't even been the same Debo that was like such a big threat a few years ago, but it doesn't necessarily matter for us because he just, I don't know. It's like he marks his calendar. He's like, this is the day I'm going to play and play well. Yeah, he's the kind of guy who they're not they're not feeding him as aggressively at all, and his numbers have gone down as a result. But, like, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's still a fucking force to be reckoned with. The 49ers have won eight straight regular season games against us, which is a little miserable, but we won the one that mattered the most. Uh, so might be nine here. The, the group I'm watching the most closely is, uh, I, the the offensive line for sure. I think like, I think the defense is probably going to get picked apart quite a bit in this game. And I think it's okay. But if the line holds up, man, like if, if the line can hold up against this unit and give Matthew Stafford time to throw the ball, that's going to be hugely, hugely encouraging going forward and I think like if the offense if the offense has a really good game in this game I think they could be one of the better offenses in the league if, if they're able to hold up protect Stafford and he's able to let it rip against the fucking 49ers that's a huge huge victory for us if we can make that happen um and yeah that that's the group I want to watch because it's it's a young raw group uh Avila's a rookie Shelton, 
uh, Alaric Jackson, not totally super experienced. I mean, even Noteboom, this is not, he's never really been a right guard. Um, yeah, that's the group I'm watching for sure. And of course, uh, our new favorite player, Tutu Atwell and, and Puka and all those boys. Yeah, I, I agree, man. Uh, if if the offensive line, uh, you know, the well, I do think that the Seahawks defensive front has improved tremendously, even though it didn't kind of show it. Um, I I think a, a I think this is going to be a whole different experience going against the Forty uh, er defensive front, and if they can still protect Matthew Stafford. If you, they can still establish a lot of holes for uh, Williams and Acres, I this is gonna be a solid bunch, man. This is gonna be a, a very fun offense to watch, even if they don't end up winning as many games as we'd like them to. Um, yeah, and you know the possibility of outscoring opponents can become a reality if this is the case. Yeah, yeah, like if if the defense gives up 30 points in this game and the Rams score 24, I I'm encouraged by that result. Like, because you know, the, the, this, this key to success of this team is going to be the offense being really good. Uh, because even if the defense ends up being a lot better than we expect, like there's just no path to this being an elite defense. Like that would be one of the most shocking things in the history of the game if this defense is elite, just given the guys that are out there and given the, the flaws in the pass rush and, and inside linebacker court. But the offense has the tools to do it, I think. And they they so far, it, it's looking positive to them being a really good unit. I think prediction-wise, I have... I wrote this down somewhere. 27 to 20-49ers. I would love to be as optimistic as you, but I still think that this is going to be a sound decision for the, uh, a sound victory for them. And uh, I, I have them 31 to 17. Okay. Okay. I, I have two topics quickly before we get out of here. Um, Stetson Bennett was added to the NFI list, which is the non-football injury lists. As in, which is a reserve, so he's out for four weeks. Um, McVay said that he's not going to have any follow-up information on this. Um, they're going to keep things in-house. So I don't know what's going on there, but uh, I wouldn't expect more info. So I guess Brett Ripon is our backup quarterback for the moment. It's Ripon time. <laughs> I, I hope it never is. Um. <laughs> uh, which makes me wonder because um, by rule the Rams don't necessarily have to have three quarterbacks on the active roster uh, but they do need to have at least one more quarterback on the practice squad that can be activated um, and not count as a roster spot on game day so I wonder if that quarterback becomes Dresser Win. Could be Dresser Win. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, is he on the practice squad? I don't think they have a, another quarterback at the moment other than Ripon. Yeah, because I think Ripon was on the practice squad. Um, could be they could sign Bryce Perkins back. 
We'll see. <laughs> I mean, for the third quarterback, like, whatever. At that point, who cares, right? Yeah. If 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 Bryce Perkins has to play, we're we're fucked to begin with. If Dresser Win has to play, like, I don't. I'd probably rather have Perkins and Dresser Win. But, yeah. You know, yeah, not great feeling either way. The second thing, Johnny, is I don't know if you followed the NFL. Um, there was a big story going on about a quote-unquote legend who spent a long period of his career with one team, um, and he ended up switching teams, and his debut didn't go as planned. And I am, of course, talking about Sean Payton coaching the Denver Broncos and losing to the fucking Raiders, bro. (laughs) What a fraud at home. I thought things were going to get fixed, man. They lost to Josh McDaniels and Jimmy Garoppolo. You you know, I'm not going to lie. I thought you were going with Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) But, uh, uh, well, I suppose he ended up winning somehow. They did, yeah. They did. Uh, But, uh, I mean, did they really? Uh, no, but yes, I I can't even talk about that, man. That's just that's just the craziest thing I think that's ever happened, and it's the poor Jets, man, the poor fucking Jet fans. I feel so bad. That I mean, sucks they, so they much. had the best quarterback in franchise history already by just appearing in that one game, <laughs> dude. He played four play. Like, oh my god, that sucks. Imagine yeah, but- if we came out if if. Like and it's not even on the same scale. If Matthew Stafford got injured four plays into his Rams debut for the this season, no, like oh my god, it's just oh, it just sucks all the wind out of everything. And I I think people thought he was going to retire. Like he's definitely going to try and come back. And I think I the think way so. he plays, it's possible to be good after an Achilles injury, but it's not good. But Sean Payton, man, what a fraud, huh? Lost I have to say, I, I was disappointed in Sean Payton because uh, it's no secret I am not a big Raider fan. Um, you know, growing up in SoCal, when you had all these Raider fans that uh, still think that Charles Woodson still plays on the team. Um, yeah, I just, I I can't stand the Raiders. And so I every chance I get, I root against them. And uh, they ruined it, man. They they let me down. I thought for sure that they had it in the bag, and they somehow lost. And uh, so thanks for nothing, Sean Payton. Yeah, real, Sean Payton really revived that offense. Um, they finished the week with the 22nd best offense in total yards. So good for them. Six, 16 points. You know, sometimes you just know, man. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Steve. <laughs> that made me that made me real happy, and it was literally like literally my two least favorite coaches in the league by far, going head to head. That's true. That's true. <laughs> God. Uh, all right, we've been going for a while. You got anything else you want to hit on? Uh, just uh, I'm looking forward to some more Rams football, man. This this is an exciting time. Ah, oh, man, dude. What a fun fucking game. I'm I'm so happy with how that turned out. Just unreal. I can't believe it. 
I can't believe it. All right. Well, find us on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Steve Rivero, Johnny Five Not Six, Talk Rams. Uh, and if you need our prize picks code again, you go to prizepicks.com slash Rams Talk. Use the promo code Rams Talk, all one word, all caps, uh, for a first deposit match up to $100. And we will talk to you next week. This show's be going out every Thursday. So look for us in the feed Thursdays. Salutations.